You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to your Valentine's Views podcast for Friday, December 30th, the uh, the last Valentine's Views podcast of 2022, and we're coming to you a couple days before your New York Giants square off with the Indianapolis Colts in what is, for the Giants, a winner-take-not-necessarily-winner-take-all, but win-and-in-game for them to qualify for the 2023 playoffs and here to help me break the game down from SB nations, Indianapolis Colts website, stampede blue is Chris Shepard. Chris, thanks for, uh, for hopping on and, and giving us some time. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to be here. I see you, you got the pipe working there. You're, you're a little bit, you're, you're, you're all chilled. You're chilling out there. Got uh, you. You just just uh, just taking it taking it easy this evening there. <laughs> well, you know, get home from work and uh, yeah, nothing better than sitting around talking some ball. So yeah. All right, there you go. So uh, you know, it's it's obviously been a rough season for the Colts. Four ten and one. You know, entering uh, entering Sunday's game, and you know, this is a team that that maybe hasn't lived up to to the hope the you know the last few years but obviously the wheels really came off this year um what in the world i mean i mean how did this how did this happen because i don't think anybody saw saw this coming no uh nobody saw this coming so the the easiest way to explain it um was that the really the offensive line fell apart. Um, you know, every, every football team is dependent upon their offensive line to be uh, at least uh, passable, right. To, to just play at a level that allows the offense to work. Uh, and the Colts offensive line for the past few years has been excellent. It's been one of the best in the league. Um, and this year uh, we went in with, um, well, Matt Pryor starting at left tackle uh, and, it didn't take long to find out Matt Pryor was one of the worst left tackles uh, most of us have ever seen play. Um, <laughs> and we had a, a right have you guard. Seen, have you seen Nate Solder or Eric Flowers play? Chris? I, listen, I swear <laughs> to you, I would have taken either of them happily. I would have I traded them for their current state, the, the, what we saw with Matt Pryor. He, wasn't, he doesn't look like an NFL player. Um, he could have re- been replaced by almost any SEC left tackle, and it would have been an improvement. Um, and that's not, that's not hyperbole. He was awful. Um, so you, you had that mess at left tackle. We had a right guard, um, Danny Pinter, who was a fifth rounder out of ball state a few years back. Um, and we were hoping that he was going to be, you know, a starting caliber guard. He is not, 
Um, so we benched him. We put Matt Pryor le- at left tackle to right guard. Uh, turns out Matt Pryor is also awful at right guard. <laughs> um, so we had those two spots that were bad uh, from the beginning. But what we we could kind of predict that a little bit. But what we didn't see coming was that Ryan Kelly, our career good but not great center, um, was going to look like he was about 10 years older than what he actually is. Um, so he's not played well. Quentin Nelson has had his worst year as a pro. That's still pretty good as far as guard play goes, but when you're used to having a, a dominant player there uh, and he plays like he's uh, you know, just a, an above average to good player, that's a significant fall off. Um, the only player that's been consistently good uh, is uh, right tackle Braden Smith. Um, the other four spots, I would say, have been an issue all year. And when you have four out of five offensive line spots <laughs> that are an issue, well, you've got serious problems. Your offense can't run. Uh, and what you're left with is a four, nine, and one, a fired head coach and a former player randomly coaching your team uh, for the back half of the season. So that's, that's how yeah. we got here. Well, you know, Giants, Giants fans have, have, never been coached by a high school coach or giants have never been coached by a high school coach, but we are very familiar with offensive line struggles. So we, we feel your pain there. And, and I know Nick Foles felt a lot of pain on Monday night, you know, probably wished he was still the third string quarterback. That's, that's a much easier paycheck than taking the hits that he took on Monday night. Nick Foles said it himself. They asked him after the game, if he was chomping at the bit to play. And he said, no, <laughs> he, he said, no, he said, I, I was here to support Matt Ryan. That, that was what his job, but the only reason Nick Foles came here was because he was friends with, with Frank Reich. That's it. That's the only, he didn't expect to play. I'm not even sure he's really in game shape. I, I honestly don't know. Um, but yeah, yeah, of course it's a, it's a much easier paycheck as the third string than <laughs> going out there and he got thrown to the wolves. I honestly, I feel bad for him. He was not prepared to play. Uh, he went out there, he did his best, you know, he did what they asked him to do. He threw it downfield and well, what happened happened. Yeah, it didn't, uh, it did not look pretty at all on Monday night against, uh, against the chargers, but you know, the offensive line issues, you know, might have been where it started, but obviously I don't think anyone expected it to spiral out of control to the point where where Frank Reich got fired. Robert Ursay made the uh, the unique decision to to hire Jeff Saturday. Um just let's let me ask you this at this point. What is the state of the Colts franchise at this point is Robert Ursay just sort of running amok is Chris Ballard. Does Chris Ballard have any control over what's going on here? Um, what's going on with, with the franchise at this point? Well, that's a million dollar question. Um, uh, up until this point, since, uh, since Jim Ursay took over, uh, in the, you know, the early nineties, uh, when he hired, uh, who was it? it was Bill Tobin went from Bill Tobin at general manager to um, then Bill Polian. Once he hired Bill Polian, he was hands off. He was involved with the franchise. He knew what was going on. He was an active owner, but he didn't, he didn't meddle. He let Bill Polian do his job. Uh, Bill Polian did what he did. And the Colts had a great run. Um, he was Jim Mercy was again, hands off uh, when Ryan Grigson was, uh, you know, the general manager up until, Last year, week 17, 18, 
Jim Irsay was a hands-off owner with his general manager, Chris Ballard. Um, at that point, uh, Jim Irsay had decided he had seen enough of Carson Wentz. He did not want Carson Wentz on his football team anymore. And he forced Carson Wentz out of the team, off the team, which I don't necessarily disagree with that. But at the same time, he didn't let his people do his job or do their jobs. So when you, when you have an owner that starts meddling, it's tough to know where it starts, where it stops, where it, how far it goes. And at this point, we saw him. We saw him hire Jeff Saturday uh, after fi- he fired uh, Frank Reich over the phone. Um, <laughs> he, he called him on the phone and fired him. Um, and then he, in the press conference announcing Jeff Saturday, they asked Chris Ballard. Ballard sat there quietly, just looking like Chris Ballard does. And they asked him, they said, you know, how did, how did you guys come to this decision to hire Jeff Saturday? And he does what he always did. You know, he used his Southern charm and that little drawl that he's got. And (laughs) he did a great job of saying absolutely nothing other than the fact that if you really looked at what he said, it was, yeah, me and Jim fought about this. And (laughs) then we, then we hired Jeff Saturday. He never said, he never said that this was what I wanted. He never said, this is, you know, a, a thing that we agreed to. He just said, we fought about it. And then he hired Jeff Saturday. So mm-hmm. at this point, I think, I think Ursay is calling the shots, which is troubling. Um, you never want an owner to, to overstep and to, to kind of go that far. If he doesn't trust his people to do their jobs, um, he should he should fire those people and hire people that he can trust. Uh, but frankly, I I don't really think I want him choosing a general manager right now. I don't trust him to make a good decision. He I mean, for all I know, he's going to call Curtis Painter, former backup, awful quarterback, <laughs> and say, "Hey, Curtis, you want to be the GM?" You know, at this point, I don't trust him to make that decision. Um, yeah, it's it, it's a really weird place to be, and it, what's terrifying is is that I genuinely believe Jim Irsay's made every decision that he's made because he thinks what he's doing is going to help the Colts win games. Um, if you look if you looked at it and you said, well, he did this to lose games intentionally so the Colts would get a better draft pick, that's a really good idea, and part of me would go, yeah, okay, sure, that checks out, but I don't believe that's what he did. I believe he did this because he thought it was going to win them more games. And that's scarier than the thought of an owner tanking a season away. Yeah, I think you're probably right there. But, you know, Chris, the I, I had always thought that Chris Ballard was a pretty good general manager. I thought that Ballard did a lot of good things and has done a lot of good things in the way that he built that Colts franchise. But the genesis of all of this, and it's a, and it's a, Big red flare in the sky for Giants fans, to be honest with you. The the genesis of all of this is quarterback. And the Colts, since Andrew Luck retired, the Colts have simply not been able to find the right quarterback. They keep going to to the... Veteran at the end of his career looking for one more run. You know, they did it with with Phillip Rivers. They've tried it. They, they did it now with Matt Ryan. They they tried to resuscitate Carson Wentz, and Carson Wentz happened to the Colts because, you know, he is what he is, and and it, that's not going to change. And 
and am am I right, really, when I say that the genesis of all of this has been Indianapolis's failure to to put the right quarterback in place? Yeah, absolutely. It, we're not sitting here having this conversation that we're having. We're having a much different conversation. If two or three years ago, the Colts would have found uh, a more long-term solution. Um, it, what's amazing is, is that Frank Reich one He, he finished his coaching career with the Indianapolis Colts with a winning record as head coach. Uh, and he did that without ever having the same quarterback in back-to-back seasons. And it, it kind of got to the point where you just thought that, okay, you know, Frank Reich's going to get some new guy in. He's going to coach him up and get the most out of him. Frank Reich got 20, what was it? 24 touchdowns and seven interceptions out of Carson Wentz. Um, You know, I don't know that anybody else is getting that out of Carson Wentz. Um, And so you just kind of expected that he could just keep doing it. The problem is, is that you can't grow an offense if you're switching quarterbacks every year. The, the offense is going to reset to its base so that you can get the quarterback up to speed so that the quarterback can work with the, the other guys in the offense, and then you can start to build it again. And by the time you're at the end of the season, the offense has now evolved to fit your quarterback. The quarterback's comfortable with the plays that you're calling. The plays that you're calling are working because the quarterback and the head coach, who is the play caller, they're all working together, and they've got this thing going forward, and they've got a solid offense. Well, what happens when you change that quarterback is that it all resets. So when you come into the season and the offensive line falls apart the way that it does, you don't have anything to fall back on. You've got a quarterback learning a system who's 37 years old. He can't move. So you've got four out of five offensive linemen letting guys through. You have nothing to fall back on. Your run game doesn't work because, again, the, the line. So nothing's working. No system is in place that has evolved or changed with the guy running the show on the field. So, yeah, yeah, if you have a quarterback who's been in the system, I don't even care if it's the right quarterback. I don't care if it's uh, – everyone <laughs> – Colts fans right now are terrified that uh, that Derek Carr is going to be in Indianapolis next year. I don't care if Derek Carr is in Indianapolis next year. I care if he's – I care – whoever the quarterback is next year, let's let him be in Indianapolis for three years. Even if he's terrible, let, just bring the same guy back. We'll move forward. And you go out and you then you try to find the right guy, but just bring the same guy back for a second year and let's see what happens. Oh, would you take Daniel Jones if he if he fell into your lap? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I I don't think Daniel Jones is a great quarterback. I I, I don't I don't know how Giants fans feel about Daniel Jones. It depends um, on which Giants fan you ask. Sure. Well, sure, I get that. So. Um, but yeah, I think Daniel Jones in the right situation, especially if you, you know, I know you guys have Saquon, um, but especially if you can hand the ball off, you can run the ball and, you know, you let him do what he, the things that he's good at. Uh, and you try to try to minimize forcing him to, to do things that he isn't good at. Um, and I think that Daniel Jones is a fine player. You give him a couple of years in the same system. You can build out that system to his strengths. Uh, and I think that, you know, you can win with a quarterback like Daniel Jones. Um, but your owner has to let you keep Daniel Jones for more than a year. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels. But now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. 
you can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, Giants fans, even though they're winning this year, Jones has done a lot of good things, but he had the one thing he hasn't done is put up big passing numbers because by and large, he hasn't been asked to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the giants have to decide whether to bring him back next year and, and who knows what the price tag would be and all of that. But I keep pointing to teams like Indianapolis teams like Washington, where they don't have a quarterback teams like the jets, where they have a good a really good team. They just don't have a quarterback who can win games. Yeah, there are you know, there are several teams, on, and I'm sure that I'm that I'm leaving a few out. But I keep reminding people: look around the league and see what happens when you when you don't have a quarterback who can function. And and you some giant the Giants fans who don't want Daniel Jones. I think he's going to be back next year, but they might get what they're wishing for and get a new quarterback. But you get a new quarterback, you're probably taking a step back. You might be taking a step back for two years. You just finally had a really good season, which hopefully will will end with a playoff berth. But to me, and you're going through it right now, but to me, teams like Indianapolis and all of that, it's just a cautionary tale for Giants fans maybe you don't want to mess with something that's working. Right. Yeah. And the thing is, even so even if Daniel Jones is never Eli Manning, right, even if he's never that good, he's still a pretty good quarterback. He, <laughs> it's hard to replace a guy who is uh, slightly above average. It just is. It, NFL quarterback is it's the hardest position in sports to play for a reason. Um, you know, the last five years, I've been able to talk to a lot of Colts fans about a lot of different quarterbacks. And, you know, a name would be brought up and somebody would say something about it. Say, yeah, this guy's just average, though. And, yeah, that guy is just average. Do you know how good that is? Do you know how many teams wish they had an average quarterback? Well, of course, we want an Andrew Luck again. Of course, we want another Peyton Manning. That would be fantastic. But it's not realistic. Until that option comes your way and and fate almost just has to line up perfectly for a situation like that to happen. And in the meantime, you need to try to figure out how to win games with the guy that you have. And if it, if Daniel Jones were on the Colts, I would be urging everyone to embrace Daniel Jones and figuring out how to build the team around him to get us to a Super Bowl because Super Bowls aren't won only with a quarterback. They're one with a good team. Um, and so, you know, that, that would be my position. Obviously giants fans, you know, are, are going to feel differently. Um, some of them, but, uh, that's, that's what, that's what I would suggest. That's probably the cautionary tale. Like you, you talked about that, uh, you know, Colts fans could, could tell. 
You know, it's interesting. Let's talk a little bit about Sunday. And and when I look at Sunday from a Giants perspective, the Giants haven't won a playoff game since they won that Super Bowl back in you know, in 2012. So they've only had one playoff appearance since then, a game that they lost in 2016 to, to Green Bay. You can make an argument, and I think it's not hard to make, that this is the biggest football game the Giants have played at MetLife Stadium now in more than a decade. Because none of those clinching games in 16 were, were at home. They were on the road. Mm-hmm. So so it it's a huge game. Giants are favored. They sh- Everybody thinks they're going to win. They should win. Indianapolis is coming in here, and everybody's laughing at their head coach. And and looking at oh you know they just blew the biggest game you know they had the biggest collapse in NFL history in a regular season game and and all of that but you know stuff happens can you can you think of or can you see Indianapolis you know coming in on Sunday and you know pulling itself together and and really giving the Giants a run for their money on Sunday? We're <laughs> um, pulling the upset. Let's go that far, you know? So uh, with Nick Foles at quarterback, no. Um, I, I don't think so. Um, on <laughs> All right, so in a perfect situation, the Colts' defense was really good for the first half of the season. Um, they were excellent. It was one of the best Colts' defenses I've ever seen. Um, over the back half of the season, the, like you said at the very beginning, the wheels fell off and the defense, it's obvious guys are checked out. Um, they're not playing hard. Um, you know, they're, the, a lot of the younger guys don't really seem like they want to be there. And I get it. The, the, the offense is terrible. It doesn't matter. Last week, the defense could have only given up six points and they still would have lost the game because the offense can't move the ball. Um, so the Colts defense is talented enough to hold an offense, any NFL offense to significantly fewer points than what they normally score. Um, I don't think that their heart is in it to the point where they can do that right now. Uh, but if they could pull it together, I think that they could still do that. But the problem lies on the offense. If Nick Foles is running the show, no, Nick Foles is not, he doesn't want to be playing. We have a quarterback starting that doesn't want to play. Uh, so no, um, the, I don't, I don't foresee there being any way that the Colts win this game, uh, with Matt Ryan at quarterback. Yeah. I, it would be a very, very small chance. Um, but Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan wants to play and, and he wants to win. Um, so he, he would, he would give us a better shot, but no, I, I don't see a realistic chance the Colts win this game. Percentage chance that Jeff Saturday keeps this job after this season. God, I wish I could tell you it was 0%, but I don't know that to be true. Um, it, Jeff Saturday said that he still believes, or I'm sorry, Jim Irsay said that he still believes Jeff Saturday is a good candidate for the job and that they'll hold interviews after the season. And on one hand, once he's supposed to say when somebody asks him about, you know, his his coach, you know, he's not, he's not going to say, well, Jeff had a good run, but these are the last two games. You know, he's kind of got to say that. Um the problem is I'm kind of scared that, that Jim Irsay actually means it. Uh, maybe he doesn't, um, but 
I'm afraid that he's got a real shot to, to be the head coach. What I think is probably going to happen is that, so Jim Marseille has, there were rumors uh, the last time the Colts, well, actually when they hired Chuck Pagano, there were rumors that the Colts had inquired uh, with the Saints about what it would take to trade for Sean Payton, which sounds crazy, but head coach trades have happened in the past. Well, Sean Payton happens to be available. Um, and uh, if I were Sean Payton, there's no chance I would want to come to the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, so I don't think that's going to happen, but I think Jim Irsay would like it to happen. I also think that Jim Irsay would like Jim Harbaugh to be the head coach. So I think Jim, Jim Irsay is going to, to throw a couple Hail, Hail Marys uh, at Sean Payton, at Jim Harbaugh. And if he can't land either one of those guys, I'm scared that that Jeff Saturday will be back. I, I think that he might be the, the fallback, the third option, the guy that, that Ursay calls up and says, Jim, or says, Jeff, guess what? It's your job. And we run this thing back and it, it is just as bad next year as it was this year. Well, sometimes, unfortunately, people make decisions based on the idea that no matter what they see in front of them, I was right. And we're just going to keep doing this until I prove that I was right. And and that's right. kind of what it would sound like if, uh, if, if Jeff Saturday got this job anyway, um, let's, you know, talking about the Colts a little bit more, let's, let's be a little bit more optimistic. Let's talk a little bit maybe about, about some of the young guys on this team that we might not know a whole heck of a lot about, um, you know, some guys that, that you're, at least optimistic about that, that, that we should know about for Sunday that, that might give you some optimism that they can be good players for, for, for the Colts going forward. Sure. Yeah. So, um, you know, you talked about, uh, you had always thought that Chris Ballard was a good general manager. And what I'll say about Ballard is that he's a really good scout. Uh, if you know, you're talking ball with Chris Ballard and he tells you that some linebacker from, you know, Tuscaloosa State University uh, is going to be a star in the NFL. You better believe him. He, he's probably going to be right. Uh, I don't trust Chris Ballard to build a team. Uh, he's he hasn't he hasn't been willing to take chances on players at premium positions. Um, so his team building philo- philosophy is flawed. But he has managed to bring in good players, um, a lot of good players. And right now, one of the young guys that I feel best about uh, is a, he's a third round rookie uh, out of Virginia. His name's Jelani Woods. Uh, Jelani Woods, when he's out there, the dude looks like a moose. He is huge. He's just knees and elbows. Uh, He is, he's a huge guy, Uh, but he plays tight end and he's been, um, he's been a lot better than I expected him to be. Normally tight ends take uh, a long time to, uh, you know, kind of adjust to the league and, you know, Woods is going to improve. Certainly he's only got 20 some catches, but it's been a weird year with quarter. Well, we just, we just spent all that time talking about it. It's been a weird year. All things considered, he's produced really well. Um, so Jelani's a guy that I think is going to be good for the Colts for a long time. Uh, he's big, he's fast. Uh, you know, he's good with the ball in his hands. Um, <clears throat> on the defense, defensive side of the ball, it's been really interesting because most of the defense are really solid veteran players. Uh, and we didn't expect uh, – he's a seventh-round pick out of Yale, of all places. The uh, kid's name's Rodney Thomas. Um, 
he came in. He's not the safety that we thought was going to be, uh, you know, the best rookie. We drafted another kid named Nick Cross uh, in the third round. We thought that Nick Cross was going to come in and and be a guy that you know made an impact as a rookie. And you know, Cross started the first, I want to say, two weeks, uh, and then he he promptly went to the bench. And Rodney Thomas came in. Um, and Thomas is he's got three interceptions, I think, five pass breakups and eight starts. Um, but he, he's just been, he's been around the ball, uh, pretty consistently when he's been in the game. So Rodney Thomas is a guy, I don't think he's ever going to develop into a superstar. He has physical limitations that are going to prevent him from doing that. Um, but just as far as, I mean, guy went to Yale. So this next part isn't going to be that surprising. He's a smart football player. Um, you know, he knows where to be. Uh, so, you know, it helps make up for some of those physical limitations. So I think he's going to be a good starter for a long time. Uh, and yeah, I mean, the Colts have a lot of talent. Uh, they just lack talent at you know some of the game's most important positions. I also know. I just just thought about this. You were talking about Colts offensive line, and I know a lot of Giants fans that would give you back Mark Lewinsky. <laughs> oh, here's the thing: Colts fans hated Mark Lewinsky when he was here too. They hated him because he was the worst of the five offensive linemen. And I can't tell you how many Colts fans have talked about this year about how they wished Chris Ballard would have given Glowinski a contract because that's how bad the Colts offensive line has been. We hated him when he was here. We miss him now that he's gone because the offensive <laughs> line's been so bad. Oh, that's 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 pretty funny. Glowinski what you know, people people get upset about Glowinski because he's he's an adequate player. I look at him like he's he's an adequate player. Mm-hmm. The Giants gave him a three-year contract, I think, with eleven million dollars guaranteed. Basically, it's a two-year deal, and they gave him a they gave him a fill a hole deal for us, you know, for a couple of years while we try to build the rest of the roster kind of contract. And sure, he's he's been an adequate player. He's been a, a good enough run blocker most of the time. He's He's less than he's he's below average in pass protection, and that's just what he is. Yep. But I think that that people get a little bent out of shape about you know about Glowinski, but but I look at it and I say he's he's been exactly what the Giants thought he would be when they signed him, which is just basically an adequate player. Yeah, yeah. He I think his play, like you said, below average pass blocking average to slightly above run and i think he averages out to be uh, a starting caliber offensive lineman not much more than that but he he's a starter he'll get you by yep, yep. he'll get you by and that's basically what he's done for the uh you know for for the giants so far this year all right chris i i don't have a whole lot more for you it's i know it's uh believe me i've 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 been down the road you you're uh, you're visiting this year. I've been down that road for the last five years, <laughs> and sure. I know it's uh, I know it's no fun to talk about. So I'm not going to make you talk about it anymore. I'm just going to leave you with this. Wink Martindale was asked today. Giants defensive coordinator was asked today what he thought when he watched the tape from Monday night. He was asked about Nick Foles and what he thought watching the tape from Monday night of what the Chargers did, you know, to Foles with the seven sacks and all the pressure and all that. And Martindale just said, you know, Martindale who blitzes more than anybody in the world said, there's blood in the water. (laughs) 
There's yeah. blood in the water. Yeah, he's right. <laughs> and, and, and he's going to try to circle for it on Sunday. So yeah, yeah. he's going to try to circle for the carcass on Sunday. Yeah, well, he he's he's right, and he might just get it. We'll we'll see what happens. So. <laughs> well, you know, Giants fans, Giants players are hoping for a uh, for a, a huge celebration on Sunday for a, a playoff berth that nobody saw coming when the season started. So, so you know, I don't I don't want to wish bad things on the Colts, but but don't wreck the party Sunday, please. Yeah, so that's the thing. I'm. I would rather have the draft pick. The, a win does uh, me as a Colts fan no good. So yeah, I'm with you. Uh, let's go Giants. All right, Chris. Thank you very much, folks. Uh, check out Stampede Blue if you want the uh, the Colts perspective on, on Sunday's game. Please remember to subscribe to Big Blue View Radio on uh, all of your favorite podcast applications. Share, like, subscribe if you're watching us on YouTube as well. And uh, please remember to stay safe out there, take care of each other, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.